Lord, I just pray you just remind us in the midst of the things we go through, the hard times, the, the dark places, Lord, to, in the middle of that, we would raise a hallelujah to you. Lord, we would raise a hallelujah louder and louder. Lord, louder than the things that come against us. Lord, help us to raise, raise a praise to you because you are our deliverer. You're the one that sees us through. Lord, you're the one we look to and trust. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for being with us, for watching over us and taking care of us, Lord. Just help us put our trust in you. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm going to look a little bit at why we lay hands on people. There's, I believe as Christians, as God's people, as born-again people, that God's Spirit dwells within us. And I believe when God's Spirit dwells within us, that we can share that. And one of the ways that we share that, that Spirit that dwells within us is the Bible uses laying on of hands in different times. And we can, I believe we can impart and pass on what it is God has given us. Um, I'm going to look at some of the different ways that that happens and some of the different things that happen when we lay hands on people. The first one is in Mark 10, 16. Jesus had been talking about the little children and bringing the little children to him. And in Mark 10, 16, after he had told them to let the little children come to me, don't forbid them. These are the ones that make up the kingdom of God. He says, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And then he, Jesus took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them and blessed them. So he laid his hands on them and blessed them. One of the ways that we can bless people is by putting our hand on them and saying a word of blessing. Now, that can be a lot of, it doesn't have to necessarily be a prayer per se, but we can say, you know, may the Lord just bless you. You know, and I, I think a lot of times, most of the time, not always, but, you know, I think of children, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how your adult friends would feel if you, you know, said that to them. And maybe at some point it'd be absolutely okay, but um, most of the time it's little children. And, you know, and I think it's important to, to bless children. Bless children, bless our children, bless your children, bless the children we come in contact with. Lord, bless them. And bless them when they're young, because when they get 14, they won't want you doing that. You know, I don't know if you've ever noticed that. No, 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 they get real funny about it in there sometimes. But, you know, it's important. Bless, bless, bless your children. And we can pass on that blessing. You know, God's blessing. You know, it's not our blessing. It's us blessing them with God's blessing. You know, remember that it's not us, you know, these are just our hands. God uses them and he works through them and he, he does things and imparts his love to people through our hands, through our hands. The second one I want to look at is in Luke, Luke, the fourth chapter, the 40th verse. And it says, when the sun was setting, all those who had any, any disease that were any that were sick with various diseases, they brought them to Jesus and he laid his hands on every one of them and he healed them. We see here as an example of Jesus laying hands on people and them being healed. And then in Acts, the 28th chapter, the 8th verse. 
And there's a lot of other verses that talk about this in Acts 28.8. There must be a page. Am I going to get to 20? I'll just read it from yours. That can't possibly be that. I'm going to read it from yours. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. And Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. Laid his hands. Jesus laid hands on people to be healed. Paul laid down hands on people to be healed. One of the ways, not the only way, but one of the ways to receive healing, to impart healing, is to lay hands on people. You know, to lay hands on them. That, you know, it's a biblical way of healing. And there's anointing with oil. There's other ways. But just one of the ways that we can impart that to people. You know, you cannot heal people. You're not responsible. But your hands, God can use, work through them. And so that's one of the ways that that can happen. Um, in Acts 8, 17. Acts 8, 17 says... Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. That's a group of people who had, who had never heard of the Holy Spirit. And so it says they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit when the apostles went down and laid hands on people. You know, that, that went out, and the people could receive. Um, you know, it's a point of contact, but it's more than that. I mean... I think we need to see how important it is that God uses our hands. That God uses our hands. And it's not, it's not some mystery. It's not some thing that we kind of go, wow, that's kind of weird. But God uses our hands to do things in people's lives. And one of the ways is for healing. For healing. It's important what we do with our hands. You know, it's important that we, we the Bible says, don't lay hands on anybody suddenly. And I just want to share this also. I'm very careful about who lays hands on me and prays for me. And you need to be careful, you know. You need to know the person. Know the person. No. Somebody's going to lay hands on me and impart something to me. I want to know where it's coming from and what it is. You know, that's just, that's just, well, I think it's, you know, something we need to be careful of. Because people can also impart bad things. You know, I think it, bad things can be given to you if you hang around the wrong places. Hang around the wrong places. You know, that's why you never go somewhere and let somebody tell you your fortune. Why? Because you open yourself up to them and what they're going to share with you. They're going to impart something to you. And you want to be very careful. Because if you open yourself up and allow them to impart something, you're just saying, okay, you can speak into my life and into my heart, and, and you can give me something. So be very careful. I, I want to make that very clear, very clear. So the Bible says they laid hands on them. They could receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say something else. This doesn't mean that everybody you walk up to, that you can just go, here, receive the Holy Spirit. Here, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, you don't. It's, it's not like that. You know, the person has to be willing and ready and able and wants to receive something, and then you can pray, lay hands, and ask God to bless them, do them, heal them, impart the Holy Spirit. You know, that God would do that through us, through you, through you, to your children. You know, I, I keep 
trying to remind us, it's important for you to do that with your children. You know, impart blessings and good things to your children. Impart the Holy Spirit to them. You know, share with them, talk to them, train them, teach them. You know, and then help them to receive what God has for them. So important. The world wants them to receive something else. There's somebody, somebody wants your children to receive something. And there's plenty of people out there nowadays that want to impart things that aren't right. And so it's important, important for parents to impart to their children, impart to their children. And that, you know, as, as families and children and just a church, we have responsibility. We have responsibility. Another way is, um, I want to read from Numbers. Numbers, the 27th chapter. Numbers, the 27th chapter, beginning at the 18th verse. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him. Set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him in their sight. And you shall give some of, of your authority to him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. He shall stand before Eleazar the priest who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of the Urim. At, this, at his word they shall go out and at his word they shall come in. He and all his children of Israel and all the children of Israel with him, all the congregation. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. He took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him just as the Lord commanded before the hand of Moses, by the hand of Moses. So the Lord said to Moses, I want you to impart, you know, interesting, he says, I want you to impart part of the spirit that's in you to him. You know, so that he can have authority. And I want you to do it before the people and before the priest and establish that you can, you can impart authority to people. You can impart leadership. You know, that's why, that's why in the church we ordain people. You know, you ordain them. You set them apart to be ministers of different kinds in, in the church. And so, you know, here, laid hands on them, imparted. And he said, when you do that, Part of your authority is going to go to him. Kind of interesting. Interesting how that works. First Timothy, the fourth chapter. Beginning at the 13th verse. Paul says to Timothy, he says, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Don't neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the eldership. So Paul says to Timothy, he says, I want you to do these things. And he says, don't neglect the gift that was given to you when hands were laid on you. The church laid hands on Timothy. Timothy was a a mentor and a follower of Paul. He was a disciple of Paul, of Christ. And he says, don't forget the gift was given to you with the laying on of hands of the eldership. So we see that, you know, we can, we can do various things when we lay hands on people. 
The main reason I, I say all of this, you know, and I kind of I went through these. And I, the reason I say this, remember last week when I prayed or I prayed, I shared about um, people who felt called, called to the ministry. You know, I think we need to encourage our young people or not just young people. You can be called at any age. But, you know, that there's needs to be a next generation coming forth. There needs to be a new generation that we need to we need to be aware of that. Encourage people. Well, I was greatly encouraged because at the end of my message, somebody walked up to me and says, I feel I have a call in my life. I have a call in my life. And I was like, wow, wow. And, and it, it, you know, you know, sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, not everybody that says, well, I have a call in my life, do you always, do you always say, oh, well, I, yeah, I, I think so. Or, you know, it doesn't, doesn't always matter if I think so, but, you know, sometimes you go, yeah, I can see that. Well, with this young person, I said, wow, you know, that's really interesting because, you know, I really can see that, you know. Now, at this point in life, um, I don't know how old they are, probably, probably 15, is that close? 14, okay. <laughs> 14 now you know sometimes when god calls us we know he has a call but we aren't sure direction you know, there's a lot of things that'll that can change and it's kind of a thing in motion but after he shared that with me i thought you know i really felt like you know we need to lay hands on him and encourage him you know not ordaining you know but just you know uh bless a little stronger than bless encourage to hear the call to be able to know what it is that God's saying to them. And at 14, chances are they're going to do other things before they get to a point of fulfilling that call. Sometimes we hear God say things and we think, okay, i got to go do it now. Well, he calls people, and sometimes it's now and sometimes it's in the future. Um, I don't know if I shared it last week. I think maybe I did. But, you know, I felt called, and it was another 20 years. So, you know, that's, you know, it, it's... It's important that you that you hear the call so it doesn't go, you know, it doesn't go away. You go, okay, you know, I still know God's got a call. I just I can't figure this out. You know, it's kind of a journey. But I know God's got a call. So what I want to do is we're gonna I'm he's gonna come forward. But then I thought about I thought about, well, you know, he was willing to come up and share with me that he had a call. Um, so I can see that one. But what about somebody that might be sitting here that said, you know, I felt like I had a call, but they didn't come and say nothing to me. Okay? Now, and when I say call, I don't know that it doesn't mean it doesn't mean a call to be a pastor. Um, it could be a call of God to do various things in life. You know, it doesn't have to be just that. So, you know, like, well, I, I'm not going to be a pastor, so that's not for me. You know, so, you know, it could be a call that you just feel a sense that, you know, God wants to use you in a direction. So I'm also willing to pray for anyone else that wants to come up. And let me pray for them, too, for whatever you might think that God might have a call in your life of some kind, uh, that he want, has something he wants you to do. And we're just going to pray and ask God to bless, to guide, to guide you by his spirit, and uh, to watch over and protect. When I think about, when I thought about, I thought a lot about this week about a young person at the age of 14 having a call in their life. I thought, okay, what's, what's some of the things that are going to happen? And right away, I think the devil wants to distract. Okay, that's my first thought, you know. The devil wants to distract him. Well, how's that going to happen? How does the devil distract us? Well, I don't know that a 14-year-old is too much different than the rest of us, but it's usually money, 
or sex at 14, okay? Because you know what will mess your life up at 14 is those two things. And it can really set you in the wrong direction. Doesn't mean the call is going to go away. The call of God is irrevocable. I think when God calls you, he cales you. But I think Satan likes to distract us and get us going in different directions. So I think one of the things that we need to remember is to pray. Pray for young people. Pray for young people. Not just, not just this young person, but pray for young people. That they could hear the call of God. They could hear what God wants in their life. You know, and there's so many distractions out there. So many distractions that, that take us other directions. I think that's one of the, the big dangers of today. I don't know. I don't know if it's any different than it used to be. It's just easier. You know, I think the distractions were always there, obviously, but it seems like it's easier. And it seems like it's more acceptable. So, so anyway, so I would like um, um, Lucas to come up and then... Uh, Anybody else that wants to come up, I, you know, that felt like, you know, I just like you to pray for me, lay hands on me and, and pray for me. So, okay, Lucas. And anybody else? Um, this is, I don't know why. Um, these things get tough on me. <laughs> As I get older, I don't know. I thought one time maybe I had a stroke. You ever been around people that had strokes and they get real emotional? <laughs> I thought maybe I had a stroke and didn't know it. <laughs> but no, I get, uh, I get pretty emotional. Uh, but I think sometimes it's just sensing what God's doing. And you know, and when you sense what God's doing, it's, it's just special. Yeah. It's just special. So, um, so we're going to pray for Lucas and uh, just ask God to bless him. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Lucas. Lord, I thank you for his desire, his desire to serve you. Lord, I just pray you just bless him. Lord, just bless him. Fill him with your Holy Spirit, Lord. He needs your power. He needs your power to do the things you called him to do. Lord, we're we're not exactly sure what it is. Lord, we don't want to make this difficult or, or put pressure on, but Lord, we want your blessing. Lord, we just want you. We want you to move and to work in his heart. Lord, protect him. Lord, protect him from all the influences around. Lord, there's so many things that can distract us from doing the things you want us to do. So, Lord, we just ask you to just bless him. Lord, just keep him. Lord, just make the direction real clear. Lord, just make it real clear. Lord, I just pray that you just uh, continue to guide him and, and just keep him close to you. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for your presence with him. And Lord, just help us all to remember to keep him in prayer. And not just Lucas, but all the young people, Lord. Keep them close to you. Lord, just work in their hearts. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, just bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, man. You know, one of the things, you know, I, I talked last week a little bit about, you know, a call. And, you know, um, I don't know how that's going to play out, you know. Um, Lucas, you know, young people, you, you know, sometimes you go get a vocation and you get a direction. I mean, some may go directly into the ministry. But, you know, a lot of them may get a, get a vocation, 
You know, I said last week, there's a lot of a lot of going to be a lot of need for bivocational pastors, some that can work and pastor. Some are going to go full time as pastors. You know, um, I don't know the direction, you know, and but God will God will unfold that. You know, we we trust him to show you so that, you know, it's not a hard thing. Um, sometimes direction is a little difficult. OK, Lord, what do you want me to do? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Lord, what am I supposed to do? And he kind of go. Well, I don't know. And then you go, well, I don't see anything, so I'm not going to do it. But, you know, when God has direction, I think sometimes we got to take steps, too. You know, God won't take your steps for you. And so I don't know how that plays out in Lucas's life or, or any any other young person here. Um, but, you know, sometimes you got to take a step. You can't always sit back and say, OK, God, you just got to do it. I mean, God calls you and then he says, OK, now you got to take a step. You got to take a step. You got to take that step. If you know, for some of you that are older, and maybe, you know, as, as people, you know, if you look around, there's a few of us that might be retiring pretty soon. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, what's your next step? What do you want me to do? You know, is it just to retire so I can have a good time? I doubt it. I'm not saying you can't have a good time, but I'm just saying, Serving the Lord's a pretty good time, Amen. you know. And, you know, I think Christians should have fun doing what we're doing. Amen. I think we should enjoy it, you know. I, I, I do the things I do because, you know, I do it to serve the Lord, but I enjoy doing it, you know. It's nothing better, nothing better. So, you know, for some of us, it may be hearing, like, Lord, what do you want me to do? This is what I've been doing, but now, Lord... There's going to be a whole other door that could open. A whole different, whole different door could open up. I can go do something I've never done before. Lord, how could you use me? What, what could you do with me? And some of us might say, well, not much. But, you know, don't underestimate what God can do. You know, he always used the unlikely. He always used the least. He always used the ones you wouldn't suspect. So if you think that's you, you fit. You know, the Lord can use you. He can use you to, to do what he wants to do. So I just encourage, you know, encourage each one of us to, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do where I'm at? What doors might you open? How might I serve you in a way maybe that I've never done before? I know, I know um, Lee's not here today, so I can talk about him, but <laughs> Lee Bolas, he retired, and Lee Bolas goes to the, the nursing home and just visits people, you know, just visits people. You know, he retired, and he said, okay, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he, he goes and visits people. I mean, isn't that, what a blessing, what a blessing to talk to people. And you know what's a blessing about it? To talk to people who want to talk to you. If you say people don't want to talk to me, go to a nursing home. They all want to talk to you. It's, it's, like, it's like, wow, these people, they'd like to see me. You know? It's a wonderful place to go share the gospel, to minister to people, to be with people. So, you know, think about what the Lord might do with you wherever you might be. So let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us and the Lord that you want to minister to each and every one of us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that dwells within us, that Lord, we can be used by you to impart your love and your blessing, your healing, 
your spirit to others. Lord, help us be willing to be used, to be vessels that can be poured into and poured out to others. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, just uh, pray that you just bless each and every one here that, that Lord, uh, we might all be sensitive to what you want us to do. Lord, what is it you have for us? And Lord, we just thank you for Lucas and his willingness to, to be used by you. Lord, just bless him and be with him. Lord, just thank you for that. Lord, just be with us now as we go about the rest of our day and be with us this evening as we just enjoy the fellowship and fun at the park. Lord, we just thank you for that. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.